Exactly. Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at A to Z Sports. You like our Facebook page, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch. We're all over the place. Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for our show, for our business, and for you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Man, do the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai, if you need a new car, check them out. WilsonCountyHyundai.com in Lebanon. Uh, Calvin and Subtle for your brand new hardwood floors and finishings up the equity in your home at calvinandsubtle.com and the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care at boneandjointtn.org. So uh, Mike Vrabel has uh, had a, this has been going on for well over a year now of the, who's the defensive coordinator Who's calling the defensive plays? Okay, Shane Bowen's leading the meetings, but he doesn't have the title of defensive coordinator. Okay, now he's promoted to having the title of defensive coordinator. And now we get to the next step of this saga uh, of, of what is different in Shane Bowen's job now as the actual defensive coordinator compared to what he wasn't as the non-title defensive coordinator last year. So Mike Vrabel, before we play this video, Zach, he has created this entire mess on his own. Like he did this to himself. It's been over a year and I don't understand uh, why I guess that hasn't clicked in his mind. And maybe it's just the fact that he doesn't care. Yeah. Well, let's, let's hear him. So here's Mike Vrabel asked uh, by John Glenn about what's the difference in the role of Shane Bowen now that he's actually been promoted to defensive coordinator. Uh, how will his role be different this year? Shane will be the defensive coordinator. Todd will be the offensive coordinator. Uh, Craig Ackerman will be the um, special teams coordinator. He'll be assisted uh, special teams by Matt Edwards. Um, and then we've hired a few guys on offense and 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 moved Ryan Crow to, to outside linebackers. Right, but what's going to be different about Shane's role uh, outside of the title? Shane will be the defensive coordinator and Todd will be the offensive coordinator and Craig will coordinate the special teams again this year. Uh, Tara? So just, you know, I mean, John, I don't know, you know, you know, you, what the coordinator's jobs are to, to, to coordinate the, the coaching staff, um, you know, each week, you know, how we prepare um, with the, with the certain elements of situations, first and second down, 11 personnel, 12 personnel, you know, what do we want to carry over from our base? How much can we handle game plan wise? What we want to do on third down short yardage, you know, so none of that, none of that will change those operations and those mechanics uh, won't, won't change. Um, same offensively with, with Todd and how we do things. And he'll be helped by Keith and in the run game and, and Tony and, and all those guys on, on offense. Up on, on Glenn in here. So Mike is, is Shane, does he have the exact same job as last year? Just the titles different or is there anything different? Shane's the defensive coordinator, Joe. I'm not, I'm not sure, um, you know, what, what we're looking for, but, but Shane's the defensive coordinator. Um, Jim Hazlitt's the linebacker coach. Anthony Mitchett coaches corners and secondary right on down the line. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's our coaching staff. 
So there are three questions about specifically asking what is the difference in Shane Bowen's job now compared to last year because he has the actual title of defensive coordinator. Uh, the initial question by John Glennon, the follow-up question by John Glennon, and then uh, after a couple other questions, Joe Rexroad circles back. And again, Mike Vrabel gives zero answers of what the difference is of Shane Bowen having the title now and basically just listed his coaching staff to us uh, three times in a row there. Zach, how do you feel about that answer from Mike Vrabel? Well, here's the problem. And these are, it's a factual problem. The Titans team defense was ranked 28th in the league last year. That's the problem. And Mike knows that. Vrabel's not an idiot. I, I think Vrabel's very aware. He knows what he's doing. I, I laughed when I watched that uh, replay. You know, the comments are like, man, he's big mad. Uh, you know, LMAO. Like, this is, it, it, it is entertaining, but. The problem and the issue is the defense blew last season. And they came out, and fans, reporters, everybody, it's all about accountability. That's what we do on this show. That's what happens in the NFL all over the country. Fans and media hold teams accountable when they are not very good. How do you get better? And mm -hmm. Mike Vrabel is telling us, and John Robinson included, is telling us how they are going to get better on defense is the continuity within the coaching staff, which ranked 28th in team defense last year. They went out and got new players. That yeah. is apparent, right? We now know with free agency and the draft coming up, there's going to be a lot of new faces on that defense. But at least admit that they weren't very good on defense last year. Head coaches have a tough time admitting their wrongs or their team's deficiencies. Mike Vrabel doesn't do that very often. He sometimes does. But I, I made this graphic for a reason, Austin. <laughs> Defensive mind can think about – you can think about it in two different ways. Oh, yeah. You could, you could go defensive as in team defense or defensive coordinator, or you could go defensive mind as in – Man, he's being a little defensive about all these Shane Bowen questions coming at him like flying bullets. Sure. So let's read some comments before we ask our question that we have set up for you guys. Uh, and so Louis says, I love Mike Vrabel. And there's some fans that for there will always be fans that love watching their head coach and their favorite team go after the media that covers their favorite team. Why they like that, I don't understand. Uh, G-Man says, skirt around the question. Then he says, answer the damn question, fool. Uh, Donald says, I'm a little worried now. Like, this is a softball question. There's Steven saying, he, LOL, Vrabel. Jared says, I hate Vrabel's answers. Wants to be too much like Belichick. Ethan Randy says, smart-ass answer for a valid question. Colin says, good gosh. Uh, Brandon says, man, his ego is getting big. Give the media and fans a straight answer. G-Man follows up with not a good answer at all. Alex is typical Mike Vrabel, completely not transparent. Davidson says he sounds robotic. I will loves it. Pam rolls her eyes. Caesar BS answer. Uh, and Louis says, what's he supposed to say? Yeah, instead of Bowen taking a bathroom break at 1230 instead of 1.30, what is it? These are easy, easy questions to answer. And Zach, your hand is raised. I will let you go ahead and 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 answer Louise's question yeah, about what he's the supposed way, to say. The way Mike Vrabel 
answers the question is so easy. It is so easy. Recognize what happened last year and say you are working towards improvement, getting better. He loves saying that. Team getting better. So to ask the question, this is how I would answer it if I was Mike Vrabel. Shane Bone is going to take more of a leadership role within our defense as the defensive coordinator. He will continue to call plays, and the new players that we have in and that we will draft, he will try to make them better to improve our team defense from last season. I believe he can do that, and our team believes that Shane Bowen can do that. Done. Or if the answer is nothing changes with his role, he just got a job promotion, then say that. (laughs) No, the – you can justify a leadership role, right? Sure. That's what a title title is. If he has 0.745% more leadership, that's more of a leadership role. It like, yeah. it like You can justify the answer, but if he said the answer that I just said, we're not talking about this. We're He recognized the problems, but this is Mike Vrabel. He believes that Shane Bowen is the guy to get them to where they need to go. Yeah. All of the actions say that. You might as well say that in the press conference. Yeah, and, Donald, and Donald's right. Like, like Zach, you're right. That's all Vrabel had to say. And here we are uh, over a year later still dealing with this because he has created this. So let's go ahead and get to our first question for all of you guys. You guys have already been great in the comments so far, but now – a question. We just want to know this open-ended question. It's you guys can take it wherever you want. Why is Mike Frabel so defensive about his defensive coordinator? Why is Mike Vrabel so defensive about his defensive coordinator? But first, let me tell all of you guys about our friends over at Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. There's so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit. They can create extra cash flows for you and your family by renting out your property instead of selling it. Get that long-term equity, that long-term wealth by owning rental property and turning that into a cash flow machine. Renters Warehouse can help you out. If you're currently renting and just want a new house, bigger, smaller, better area, different area, Renters Warehouse has a ton of inventory around the mid-state to find whatever you're looking for at RentersWarehouse.com. Austin, I had a I, I stayed off of the championship game last night uh, as far as putting my money towards this. But BetMGM, man, BetMGM paid me out handsomely yesterday on a three-game NBA parlay, $71.67 that I put in to win 403.37. So $403 cashed out last night. You could be like me. Thank you to the Suns going over. That helped me to to seal that. BetMGM, promo code ATOZ Sports. What a feeling it was last night when I was watching that. It was sealed up in the fourth quarter, which was great. Code ATOZ Sports. Have some fun like Austin and I have been having with BetMGM. Download the app today. All right, so we're asking the question, why is Mike Vrabel so defensive about his defensive coordinator? Uh, and so Dazzin says, you can't force anyone to say anything. Media is bad about this lately. The media is trying to do their job. Like Joe Rexford and John Glennon are trying to ask questions because like we are trying, the, the me, as the media, trying to ask questions for you, the fan, because there's the team that you love, 
and you the fan, and the media is the middleman to give you what you are looking for from coverage. So the media is doing their job. Uh, Percy says, nobody rehires the worst anything. So if Bowen was actually calling the defense last year, uh, uh, he, he would have kept him. I, I don't know what that means. Steven says, because Rabel knows Bowen uh, more than all of us combined. I don't, I don't know why that he's answering that way. But Donald says, because that's his homeboy puppet. Louis says that Vrabel has an ultimate plan. Billy says, last I checked, Vrabel answers to J-Rob and Miss Amy, not the media. Uh, Mason says, because the defensive coordinator gets crushed by the media and fans. Uh, Jalen says, because the defense was bad last year, and that's making him be nice. Wyatt says, Vrabel doesn't like to be wrong. Uh, Danny says, honestly, he could have uh, kept, it, kept it simple and said Shane's job is simply to get the players – we have to execute the plan that we have. Uh, Puka says because he sees it as an extension of self of why he's so defensive. Jarrell says it's embarrassing to admit you went from a good defense not to being the franchise's worst. Jerry says it's before it's his boy bros before pros. <laughs> I like I look, Jerry, you're gonna get the love of the show. I like that. That was okay. pretty creative. Way so to Zach, go, Jerry. So Zach, the title of today's show uh is something that fits your opinion. It's Mike Vrabel shows a telling characteristic when discussing Shane Bowen as defensive coordinator. I'll set this one up on a T for you. What is that characteristic? Man, I gotta find Jerry. There it is. Okay. You know, uh, uh, bros before pros, and then when he gets fired, he's gonna say these bros ain't loyal. But uh, so my answer to this, it, it goes. The chat is correct. It's a form of protection. It's a protection uh, clause that that Vrabel has within himself to protect Shane Bowen from criticism. And I think that look. As I said, defensive mind. Mike Vrabel is a defensive guy, and it probably doesn't feel great when really the worst part about your team is the defense. I mean, that last year, after Goskowski got his act together midseason, the worst part about this team was the defense. And so, uh, but they said it's the players, not the coaches. They're saying this with actions and words. So, I, Look, I think that I think for Mike Vrabel, you go through and you you look at it. It's protection as far as that that is concerned of of his actual coaches that he hires. He's a network guy. Everybody's network guys. That's how life works. He has been very network guy in keeping that. So uh, look, Mike Vrabel has he also has earned the right to do a little bit of this. Right, Austin? Well, yeah, he's won, what, 33 games in his first three years, in, including the division once and going to the AFC title game once. Right. So, yeah, he's, well, yeah. So, he's regular season, he's 29 and 19. Playoffs, he's two and two. Okay. So, he's won 31 games. He's earned some right to do whatever the hell he wants. And a lot of people are like, you know, he doesn't owe the media anything. No, he doesn't owe the media or the fans anything. He doesn't. But he, it also opens you up to criticism if you 
kind of act the way that we've seen oh. him act at certain questions. He doesn't do this to the every single question. He was cordial to a bunch of different media members on that particular call. It's based on the question, not necessarily the media member. No, now, it, they've it, got a back and forth with Paul and stuff. But besides that, it's the, he chooses not to answer certain questions the way that maybe more openly that others would think that he oh. should. Yeah, there in, in no way does Mike Vrabel have personal vendetta against specific no. media members. In no way is that is that right. It's he has a personal vendetta about certain topics that are asked to him. And well, nobody likes uh, getting questions about their flaws. I mean, these are flaws. Yeah, he's not asking. Oh man, Mike Vrabel, do you remember when you guys went to the AFC Championship game? How did you feel during that run when you were winning all those games? I was one game away from cutting off my penis. That's how I felt. <laughs> right? You know, uh, man, how did you feel when Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards yeah. last season? Those are the easy things. But this is contractually obligated. He is contractually obligated to talk to the media. And what Mike Vrabel has done, his stubbornness, which in part makes him a good coach, it made him successful as a player and a professional athlete. Stubbornness can be used as a good thing, but in this case, his stubbornness has created these into contractually obligated pissing matches between him and the media. Because when, when the media is asking him questions that are 100% fair, John Glennon saying, hey coach, you just gave Shane Bowen a promotion to defensive coordinator from when he was the outside linebackers coach the last three years. What is different about his role this year and last year? And Mike Vrabel's answer is by listing his coaching staff. That is not how you do things fairly towards a fair question. Just answer the question and move on. And if he would have answered the question a year ago about who was going to call the defensive plays, we wouldn't be in this situation. But the stubbornness has now lasted over a year, and it's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's the why. Why did you do this? And here's something else, too, about the why. Because I remember this. I don't know, remember which uh, press conference, but it was in Mike Vrabel's first year, his early times as Titans head coach. He told the media about how important it is to tell these younger players, this new generation of professional athletes, the why behind the uh, what they're doing. Because millennials who are like us, we want to know why am I doing this? That's just how we were programmed. How we came up is why do I want to do something? I want to know why I'm doing it and that you're telling me to do. And so now the media is asking why, and Mike Vrabel's not giving us the why. When he talked about giving the players the why all the time. Well, the simple answer is to win more games and to make more because money. Because I said so. <laughs> to win, no. You can justify a lot of things in sports and in life with either to win more games or to make more money. That's why you're doing something, right? Yeah. You're doing that to make more money so you can do more things. And so I, he didn't give the answer, and he even realized it, right? Because he got pressed a couple of times on this, and then he went through, and, you know, it was just, Look, I gave the answer that he should have given, but he chose not to do that. But this is something that Mike Vrabel does pretty consistently. And you're right, Austin. This is an ongoing thing and has been dating back to him being secretive about who his defensive coordinator was and basically being like, well, why does it matter? Well, 
the reason why it matters is because your team defense was ranked 28th in the National Football League last year. It was dead last in third down percentage at 51%. And it was in the bottom five in sacks. That's right. the reason why. Well, and Paul says all fans want to know is who called the 2020 defense Vrabel or Bowen. If it was Vrabel, we understand promoting Bowen. However, if Bowen was calling the plays, his promotion is maybe in question or just blame the defensive player. So here's what we do know, Paul. Oh, that's a good that's a good thought, Paul. It's a it's a very good uh yes, uh, about why we are here, right? What do fans want to know? Fans want to know why the defense sucked. And what we do know is that Rabel said after the season ended, after they lost to the Ravens in the first round of the playoffs, he said Shane Bowen called the defensive plays. We knew for the majority of the year that Shane Bowen was the guy calling the defensive plays up from the booth, but he did not have the title of defensive coordinator. We also know from players like Kevin Byard and other defensive players using words like communication and lack of coordination uh, in comments about why the defense was struggling we know that too and we also know Mike Vrabel saying that it's the the defense's uh suspect play was not because of the lack of defense according to my title but because the players weren't executing we know all these things but now they promoted Shane Bowen and they've had a rotational door of defensive players come through leaving and, and entering via free agency and now Shane Bowen has gotten the promotion and all we want to know is what's different in Shane Bowen's day-to-day operations now that he has the D coordinator tile compared to last year when he didn't. And it could be several things. It, the answer could be nothing's different besides the plaque on his desk. That could be the only answer. But we don't know because Mike Vrabel listed his coaching staff. Yeah. So uh, the best part is, and this is why I love sports, we'll find out. And we'll find out pretty soon, within a year, right? Is is Jane is Shane Bowen calling the defense once again going to improve them from 28th in the league? On top of all of these new players that will be playing under Shane Bowen. I look, I think Shane Bowen will have a better opportunity to improve this defense. Well, because the, I think they're gonna have a better pass rush by Bud Dupree alone and exactly. Nico Autry, too. Exactly, right? So he Credit to John Robinson and Mike Vrabel for giving Shane Bowen different, one could say better, pieces on the defensive side of the football heading into the 2021 season. He, they're setting him up to succeed, not to fail. No, well, they're setting Shane Bowen up to show whether he can do it or can't do it. Succeed. Right, yes. So, all right, Zach, uh, let's get to this other topic here about love ball because – we, we talked about this pre-show. John Robinson has had three disasters of player acquisition during his time as defensive coordinator, th- uh, as GM, sorry. He's had three disasters of player acquisitions as Titans GM. We'll talk about loving ball and uh, play another video from that press conference here in a second. But first, tell everybody about Calvin and Subtle. Yeah, Calvin and Subtle is where you need to get your hardwood floors. We're going to feature... Let me feature this one right quick. This is this is, I feel like the original, the real OG right here. This right here, this hardwood floor can be installed and ordered one to two weeks. That's all it takes with Calvin and Subtle. You can be trusted 
right here, calvinandsoto.com, 615-448-6414. Renovate your house. Don't just sell it. Upgrade and rip up all that old carpet, that stinky, grungy carpet. You don't vacuum that. I know you don't. Put in hardwood floors. It's a lot easier for the upkeep. calvinandsoto.com, 615-448-6414 or online at calvinandsoto.com. A to Z Sports, don't forget BetMGM. They are the king of sports books. Download the app, use our code ATOZ Sports, and you can get a risk free bet up to $600 with your first deposit and your first bet. Again, that's the code ATOZ Sports for the king of sports books. College basketball is over, but I'll tell you what, college basketball was very difficult to win money on over the last month, but now you've got the NBA, you've got hockey parlay uh, uh, options. You've got odds boost every day. A lot of different ways uh, to have some fun, make some money uh, on BetMGM. Download the app. Use our code ATOZ Sports for that risk-free bet up to 600 bucks with your first deposit and first bet. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older. must be present in Tennessee. And for gambling problem support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. So now that... No, no, no. I, well, I... I Last night, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be on some more games coming up uh, here later tonight. BetMGM is the best place to do that. Yes, for sure. Okay, so we, we've already talked a lot about the Shane Bowen situation when it comes to Mike Vrabel not answering questions about Shane Bowen's promotion. I mentioned John Robinson has had three disasters when it comes to player acquisition as Titans GM. The first one was Kevin Dodd. No question a mitigated disaster uh, for and always, right? The second one and the third one happened last offseason with the free agent signing of Vic Beasley for a one-year, $9.5 million contract. Guy didn't show up to camp until he was like 10 days late and fined half a million bucks and then basically did nothing and was cut eight games into the season. The third disaster for John Robinson was drafting Isaiah Wilson, who we all know, very well documented, only played four snaps, a lot of off-the-field issues, including more off-the-field issues that got him traded to Miami and then cut by the Dolphins three days after being an official Dolphin. So those are the three disasters. And it all is it all is all around finding guys who love football. So Paul Kaharski asked this question to uh, uh, Mike Vrabel yesterday about how to figure out uh, who loves ball? And Zach, I'm actually going to have to uh, upload uh, another video because I clicked the wrong one. Uh, so as that video uploads, who loves ball and trying to not have that happen again. So the question we're going to ask you guys here in a second is what's your trust level in Robinson and Vrabel not having another disaster uh, like Wilson and Beasley? And, and we'll play this audio here in a second. Uh, as it uploads here about loving ball. Well, look, the, the the problem with this is the level of disaster, right? You you have storms. We saw a storm a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. It was pretty bad. But then you have tornadoes, you have tsunamis, you have hurricanes. Those those describe the three unfortunate events that have been the Tennessee Titans defensively and on the offensive side. And they're all on the line, right? So we talk about two pass rushers and Vic Beasley and also Kevin Dodd, and you talk about the protection or lack thereof of Isaiah Wilson. It's the level of disaster that they are that I think are telling. And Austin and I were talking about this before the show. 
But we don't cover all of the NFL football teams like we do the Titans. But I do think that the three disasters are up there in the last, I don't know, 10 years of being the top disasters of the league. That's the issue. Yeah, especially Isaiah Wilson. So here's Paul Kowarski asking Vrabel about finding out ways if guys love ball or not. Wondering about the love ball test with it being uh, seemingly your and John's number one thing that you want to find guys who love ball uh, with Isaiah Wilson and Vic Beasley not having loved ball. Um, have you changed at all your, your test to monitor that? How confident are you that the guys you brought in so far love ball? How do you test the prospects that you're considering bringing in? in terms of their love of ball? So that's such a long question. I'm just going to answer it with a, with a short answer that you know, we're confident that they love ball. Well, were you confident that Isaiah Wilson and Vic Beasley loved ball? And wouldn't that suggest a hole in the process? Uh, we're comfortable that the guys that we brought in, we're excited about the additions to the, uh, to the team. You know, having, having met these guys and seen them, uh, talked with them. You know, we're excited about adding them to our football team and, and helping us win. That's, I mean, didn't answer that either. But, again, that's a harder question. It's an easier question. That's a hard question. That is a hard question. Because that is, and Paul, to Paul's credit, asks hard questions, and he asked one directly to the deficiencies of the Titans process. Yes. And especially the process that has to happen, like how we're doing the show over Zoom, right? And I've said oh, this. Welcome, welcome to the new age, big no, boy. Yeah, and they're going to have to do this, uh, you know, for the next, you know, this off season, and who knows how uh, far uh, this is going to go for virtual. He did say they're going to prepare to start the OTA session virtu- virtually as well. But and, I, and I've talked to people who do college football recruiting for a living, right? And they say the hardest thing to find out is determining whether a high school kid actually loves football or if he just loves recruiting. Now, those are 17, 18-year-old kids, right? And now you're dealing, Mike Vrabel and John Robinson are dealing with the best that emerge from that group of 17 and 18-year-old kids three or four years later. And so can you? hopefully they've matured to an extent, uh, but then you have to find out, do they actually love football or is this more a paycheck? Is this something that they sign the contract, get the guaranteed money, and that's all they're looking for? Or are they actually motivated to go earn a second contract and be a football player and be a professional? And Vic Beasley is a guy who was a top 10 draft pick, played his first contract in the NFL, led the league in sacks one year, and then got a second deal without loving football. He went through five years as a pro without loving football and succeeded at some extent. Well, look, we heard the rumblings from Atlanta. Yeah. Prior and after the signing about Vic Beasley. So that tells me John Robinson, Mike Vrabel didn't do their homework. I I think the Vic Beasley miss is more of a mark against John Robinson than the Isaiah Wilson miss. Because you should have known. You had a lot more information. But they were desperate. And yes, but de- you had... Desperate, desperate teams usually reach on players, and they reached 
and it bit him in the ass. But again, like there was a lot more information about Vic Beasley's lack of loving ball than there was Isaiah Wilson. Isaiah Wilson was a young 21-year-old kid who was only in college for three years. So there is some understood immaturity that you're going to get with a person like but that. But not like, Vic, not Zach, like Vic Isaiah. Beasley was 26, 27 years old, had been a first-round draft pick, and had played in the NFL for four years. And you should have known and had the ability to talk to people who are around Vic Beasley for four years in Atlanta about what his motivations were or were not. Okay, so let's let's separate that and go back to Paul's question. Do they have a problem with evaluating football players' passion for the sport? Uh, the loving ball has turned into, like, I think a comical joke. Oh, like, uh, yeah, pa- yeah. Like, obviously, Paul said love ball. I think he said it four times. He may have said it five. When you say in a question, one phrase four times, you are poking fun at it. Mike Vrabel got the joke yeah. because he answered the question, we have guys on our team that love ball. Then the follow-up was the real meat. But the, the it was kind of a slap in the face of, okay, you. but it, it, it goes to what the Titans, the Titans created this love of ball infatuation. Sure. That, yeah. That's their term, not Chris, anybody else's. Chris, love ball equals good to great, right? Like it's, it's so, it's things that they say, things that they live by. That once you get burned by it, it's going to be used against you. Like right. that's and just that, how things work. And that was used against Vrabel. This is a more difficult question to answer because you have to admit your wrongs. And what have we learned from Mike Vrabel? Mike Vrabel will at times admit his wrongs, but the majority of the time, he's going to deflect and concentrate on something else that the team needs to focus on. That is his mechanism in answering questions. Let's go with the psychology of Mike Vrabel. And, and we've been in every meeting room, at least in the uh, whether they're on Zoom, in person, on, on the other half of it afterwards. I've listened to about, I mean, I've listened to thousands of pre- press conferences in my life, whether they're uh, me covering teams or me watching another team's press conference. I'm a psychopath like that at times. I know how coaches answer. And Mike Mike Munchak had a defensive ma- mechanism. Uh, Jeff Fisher, towards the end of his tenure, I remember him having a defensive mechanism uh, towards, like I think, his last year when I was covering And the that team. was new because beforehand he did not. He would answer things. He'd just speak his mind. It kind of became that way. I remember him wearing those blue sunglasses. You couldn't see his face and that that mustache glistening in the, the wind. Ken Wisenhunt had his defensive mechanisms, right? Like Marcus Mariota had his where he wouldn't answer a damn question. He just turned it into like a a feel-good answer when the question was, why are you playing bad? So there is a – and we've just figured out Mike Vrabel's. So for this question, it's very hard to admit how bad and how wrong they were on Vic Beasley and Isaiah Wilson. That's just Mike Vrabel because those two were under his watch per se. You, what are you going to do? Like he, it's the after the fact they missed. Yeah, and, and Mike Vrabel wants to move on. Well, it's the fact that they had two guys who didn't love football in the same offseason. You know, like, like the Titans have drafted guys who have not loved football or been committed to being a pro who have failed, and and you know Justin Hunter is a great example. And and like there's always going to be guys 
who skate through college on their athletic ability alone in order to get to the NFL where they get paid, right? And once they get to the NFL and get that initial payment, how how committed are they to staying there? Justin Hunter was not. I, I this re- it sticks in my mind. Being in that locker room, Justin Hunter was sitting at his locker, all 185 pounds of him at six foot four. And one of his wide receiver teammates says, Hey, Jay Hunt, you're gonna hit the weight room today? And he goes, Nah, man, I don't want to. And as soon as you hear that from a player who needs to be in the weight room, no, I don't wanna, then that guy doesn't care enough. He just likes being a pro football player more than he wants to be a pro football player. And look, look, big league designs, this is false. PK basically asked Vrabel, why can't you guys predict the future? Big league's designs, that's their freaking job, bro. That is their job. Well, it's not to-, to evaluate talent and pick and decide whether they will improve their football team. It's not about predicting the future. It's not asking if he's Miss Cleo. Get that crap out of there. That it's not evaluating people. Evaluating people. Can you it's, understand if a, if a person that you're drafting wants to do this or not? Percy brings up Tyrone Calico's name, which I think is completely unfair because Tyrone Calico did not have the problems that we're talking about. Tyrone Calico got both knees busted by Roy Williams on the Dallas turf uh, for what is now known as a horse collar penalty that was not a penalty at the time. So uh, that you have to be... Just me saying that about Justin Hunter is completely fair because Justin Hunter showed that, but Tyrone Calico and others are not that. Like Bishop Sankey, bad NFL running back, but it's not because he didn't try. Like he just wasn't very good, and they missed on the player evaluation, not the person evaluation. Isaiah Wilson, they whiffed on both the person and the player evaluation, but more importantly, the person evaluation because of how he's gone off the rails over the last 11 months. All right, so let's get to this question, and then I have a follow-up question after we answer it because I think we've diagnosed this pretty well. You can't go back and, and change the past. It is what it is. Isaiah Wilson somewhere blowing his money with his panda pendant on his neck, right? Somewhere, some way. It's, he's probably in Miami, so it's 8.58. It's really 9.50. It's about 10 o'clock. Who knows what he's doing? But the money in the bank account's probably dwindling. What is your trust level in John Robinson and Mike Vrabel not having another disastrous, that's the key word in this question, right? Disastrous roster move like Wilson and Beasley, one to 10. So how we're going to do this is what's your trust level in the Titans brass not having another disastrous roster move, one to 10. So confidence level, if you're saying that you are confident, 10, that they're not going to have it, or you're skeptical that one of these Wilson types are going to walk back through the door, go a little bit lower. So that's your scale, and that's yeah. the question. Yeah, first let me tell you guys about the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever that injury happens in life, know who to trust and who to go to to get you back on the path of full health, uh, whether it's a a slight muscle injury, whether it's a joint replacement, they've got you covered from head to toe. They've got dozens of doctors there at the Bone and Joint Institute that can specialize in whatever injury you have. And they also have a state-of-the-art rehab facility there that is phenomenal. So get back to health every part of the process with our friends at the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org. 
Get back to the book at BetMGM. Download the app today. Code ATOZ Sports. Use that promo code. Take part in what Austin and I have been enjoying over the last several months. They are our title sponsor. Support us. Win a little, little, little bit of cash. I went oh, a little yeah. over three hundred bucks last night in a great NBA parlay. I may be back at it again, but BetMGM the place to go. I've got three parlays already out there for tonight. Ooh. I lost my a hockey parlay last night, which I'm pretty upset yeah, about. Yeah. All right, two so legs, couldn't get that third. The question is, uh, what on uh, what's your trust level in Robinson and Vrabel not having another disastrous roster move like Wilson and Beasley? We like doing these one through tens to gauge for some nuance. Uh, we got G-Man riding the fence at five. Ronnie just over the fence at six. Steph riding the fence at five. Donald <laughs> says, I would give it a solid seven. Hey, look at that. Steph Dobbs admits that he's riding his fence at five. Uh, Big League says seven. Uh, Jeff Rubel says four, just below. So the higher, the higher, the more confident you are in these guys, the more trust you have in these guys and not have it happen. A lot of fives today. Valentino says the cuts already got me at a three. Puka says six. The extra Zoom meetings and pro days should help. I, I kind of agree with that. Um, Dom says disastrous roster move happened all over the NFL, but the fact is, Dom, the Titans had two of them happen in the same offseason, one with their first-round draft pick and the other with their most important free agent addition during the spring free agency period in Vic Beasley. So These the are two, devastating tornado types. The two biggest acquisitions they made last offseason were absolute failures. Alex says a six, BMO with a six. Steven says, I have to say, based on how they studied free agency and pro days, he says a 10. A lot of trust there from Steven. Stacy is a, a little too much. A five. Jarvis, seven. Jacob says four. It's coming again. Steph says six. Uh, Apollo says five and a half. Uh, he said, Jeff Rubel says well, it's a blow of five for him. Eric with a seven. Brent with a one. No trust. Uh, Daryl says seven. Hopefully, they don't, they're not ultra conservative due to recent bad decisions. They could be a little gun shy. If a player has any type of history that they want to uh, not deal with, Josh. Okay, no, no. So stop there because that that kind of leads into my question that I, I prefaced a little bit earlier before we get to our numbers. Okay. Do you think that the Titans will now be a little bit more hesitant to take a chance on a guy if they don't feel? So I'll give you an example. This is the easiest example that I can uh, put out there. One guy you know loves ball the second you meet him is Kevin Byard. If you meet Kevin Byard and he talks to you for less than five minutes, I'd say four minutes and 30 seconds, you're going to know that KB loves ball. There's not a question. He's a hard worker. He's going to go the extra mile. He's going to get in the weight room. He's going to catch balls after practice to get his INT ratio up. You get a guy like Isaiah Wilson or a guy who's a little bit in question. What do you what do you think the Titans are going to do? Are they going to pass on him and look more toward KBs that may not be of the level of Kevin Byard, but have that acumen? Well, I think Kevin Byard's an anomaly in many in many ways. Well, they're I mean, no, they're peppered, they're peppered throughout. I think they they Derrick got, Henry loves ball. AJ oh, Brown oh, loves ball. I want, yeah, but you've got Derrick Henry from Alabama. Okay, Kevin Byard's from MTSU. So they, they got lucky well, uh, with Kevin I, AJ Byard. Brown from 
Ole Miss when he was a five-star recruit. I mean, but the thing why I'm talking he was about coached by a guy named Matt Luke. Nobody uh, knows even exactly, know who Matt know, Luke is. Like we all we understand what Kevin Byard is. Kevin Byard has been a lifelong snub down the road in their backyard where Dick LeBeau and Malarkey, uh, yeah, Malarkey at the time went and hung out with Kevin Byard for two hours. Dick LeBeau fell in love with a guy and said, we have to draft him. He was a combine snub. So nobody else knew about him uh, like the Titans did. And they were able to draft him in the third round and the rest is history. And it was a fantastic draft pick, but that's, that's, that's the, that's not the norm. The, the norm is, the Christian Fultons and Darrington Evans, the the big school guy with a bunch of talent and the small school guy who who was the brightest star uh, at his level of App State that got a lot of pre-draft love. But, but here's the thing. It's going to happen again. Like finding a guy who doesn't love football is going to happen again because honestly, Zach, I truly believe at every level, that's the hardest box to check. Truly. It's the hardest box to actually check and be 100% confident about. You can know if they have all the measurables, height, weight, speed, explosiveness, the the strength, all that stuff. You can know if they are productive on the field. The one thing you're never 100% sure about is how much they are actually dedicated to their craft and what they're going to be like from a Human being, once they get money in their pocket and time on their hands and how they manage that, you're never going to know that. And so it's going to happen again, but I, I think I do. At the disastrous level? That's um, the question. It, right, We're not talking about misses. We're talking about massive, like, strikeout looking. Yes, true. Bottom okay. of the ninth, strikeout and so looking. the hard thing is, like, there are guys out there like Tajay Sharp who have other interests in football but they're still dedicated to being a pro and, and having their rap career. Drell Casey isn't a football nerd. We talked to Drell Casey about all types of things. Drell Casey doesn't watch football on in his free time. He watches and studies his film, but for his recreational time, he's not watching Thursday night football. He's not watching Monday night football. He's going to a, a play with his wife or going while watching a film with his wife or doing something else. So you can find guys that love playing football and being committed to that, but also have other interests. It's I, I think I, my trust level is at a six and a half. It's not going to happen again at the disastrous level, but it will happen again. It should not happen with free agency again, like Vic Beasley, because you should be able to back channel and talk to people that you know more about because they've been in the NFL compared to a draft. A draft is always going to be a little bit riskier because you don't know as much about the person because of how young they are. So I'm playing the odds. Uh, I'm at a 3.5. I think it will happen again. I would actually bet that it will happen again. Well, yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah, but it's about no, the at, at a disastrous level. And I'll, I'll tell you why you're wrong. At a disastrous level. It goes to the odds. We talk about BetMGM, our title sponsor. You play the odds. The odds are... John Robinson has earned, I would say, at minimum, five more years at this job. He ain't going to get fired in the next five years. I he hadn't even drafted the quarterback yet. Huh? He hadn't even dra- had the draft the new quarterback yet. Right? He His job security is in place. I would Mike Vrabel's job security is in no, place. Yeah. Now, with head coaches, they got to they gotta win a little bit faster and quicker and at a higher clip than general managers do. They're usually the first to get axed. But it'll happen again. 
based on just how many years and how many players John Robinson will draft. And it will happen disastrously. Now, to the disaster of uh, Isaiah Wilson, and just bear with me here, Isaiah Wilson is like Hurricane Katrina. That is a once-in-a-generational hurricane that comes through that you cannot even see or and you don't know the impact that it truly will have on, let's say, a, a community or on a franchise yeah, for years coming. to come. You didn't see it coming either because you thought you drafted the guy who wanted to be a part of the Titans family and, and who talked about how much he loved and was excited about the culture the Titans had. Which uh, on a scale, it, that is a category five, right? Is that how it works? I believe a category five is the highest hurricane that you can actually have. I don't think that they'll have another category five, but they'll probably have a four or a three because that's just the odds. So to answer the question, and that's what I'm going to answer, is it will happen again. It may happen four years from now, but it will happen again under John Robinson's watch. And so we have to deal. It won't be as bad as Isaiah Wilson, what they, I think, will do, and I, I don't know if I could find this comment. I thought it was a, I think it was by, it was by Jordan Marbury. I think it's gone away since then. But he brought up the fact that they are going to start looking at players differently. And my idea of them looking at players differently more goes to maybe not taking the best player, but taking a better person. So they are going to, sacrifice attributes, skill, uh, statistics in college, and they are going to value character a little bit more. So they may get lesser of a football player, but they're going to get a better man. Here's an example, and you you may hate this because I'm going to bring it back up. Corey Davis, number five overall pick. The reason why you pick Corey Davis, he had great numbers in college, big, stout, Tall, hands catcher, great guy. That guy's never going to get in trouble off the field. You're not going to have to worry about him at a strip club at 3 a.m. four nights a week. You're not going to have to do that. The player didn't work out as a number five overall pick. That was a sacrifice. You hope that you get both. You hope you draft and your first round pick is of the ilk of Corey Davis and has the attributes of Julio Jones, but that's not how it always works, right? So that's what I think that they'll start to take maybe lesser players, but better people moving forward. Yeah, and Sal says on the Isaiah Wilson, Sal says, but they didn't take the best player last year. They didn't. You're right. But again, what do we know about what, what John Robinson talks about with the first round? Big boys, big bodies go early. Like you might be able to find a good corner who can play in the nickel or a good wide receiver in the fourth, fifth round, but you ain't going to find that big behemoth body mover uh, in the fifth round. And they, well, they, they, you say, but they didn't take the best player last year. They They took the best player for the Titans. And what the plan is easy. They cut Dennis Kelly this year. They knew they were going to cut Dennis Kelly this year. They knew that last year when they drafted Isaiah Wilson, that's the reason why they did it. Isaiah Wilson was the best rated player at his position on the board at the time they drafted. Well, and 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 with Isaiah Wilson, they knew they had a young 20 just turned 21 at the draft time 
a young physical freak who they could draft in the first round to get that fifth year of control to allow him to mature as a project, knowing you're not going to need him right now. And obviously everything blew up in their face about the entire draft pick. And he was not who they thought he was when they drafted him. He fooled everybody. He fooled his college coaches. He fooled his college teammates. He fooled everybody in the Titans organization. And the Dolphins didn't even give him a chance as they, they did that correctly by cutting him that quickly. Right. So, but I, did he was not the- I, I did have something come to me while, while we were just talking. I was trying to figure out when Paul asked that question. You know what? Let's replay the Paul question because okay. I think I have how I, I, I answered how Vrabel, I thought Vrabel should answer the first question at the beginning of the show. Okay. I think I have now come up with how I would answer this question by Paul. And I know it's it's a little futile. It's, it's back and forth. Like they know what they're doing. Well, it's at least entertaining. But I, I think I have an answer for this. Wondering about the love ball test with it being uh, seemingly your and John's number one thing that you want to find guys who love ball uh, with Isaiah Wilson and Vic Beasley not having loved ball. Um, have you changed at all your, your test to monitor that? How confident are you that the guys you brought in so far love ball? How do you test? the prospects that you're considering bringing in in terms of their love of ball. So that's such a long question. I'm just going to answer with a, with a short answer that you know, we're confident that they love ball. Well, were you confident that Isaiah Wilson and Vic Beasley loved ball? And wouldn't that suggest a hole in the process? Uh, we're comfortable that the guys that we brought in, we're excited about the additions to the, uh, to the team. You know, having having met these guys and seen them, uh, talked with them, you know, we're excited about adding them to our football team and and helping us win. So, what's so your answer? That my I, answer, I think I have mine too. Yeah, my answer is very easy because it's a tough question because he just basically just gave you two players that didn't love ball, sure. and that is Paul. That's a great question. John and I are constantly evaluating how we evaluate players and there's a lot that goes into it character attributes all these different things we feel comfortable on all the players we have on our roster currently and all of our future draft picks from this year moving forward we're going to have to evaluate them in a better way and constantly evaluate ourselves as we do it yeah, and I think, you know, it's obviously it's easier on us being able to have this conversation and then come up with the answer rather right. than Vrabel hearing Absolutely. it in real time. So Absolutely. do, do want to recognize that we understand that. I, I think where I look at it, if I were Vrabel in this situation, Paul's asking, you know, have you evaluated or have you changed the test of how to find out if a guy loves ball? And the answer is there is no test for that. Like there's a test to find out how explosive you are, how strong you are, how fast you are, but there's no test for this. Like, like there's no, everybody says like, man, that guy has the it factor. There's no test for the it factor. You just know it's a gut thing. And that, like, and that's something that it's, you have to find that out over time and over repetition of having a conversation with somebody on how you feel walking away from that conversation. So the answer to Paul's question is, there is no test to find out if a guy loves ball because any question you can ask a player 
over a Zoom meeting on if he loves football can be lied so easily. That like was that's a terrible answer that he would never answer. But the again, way like, that you but just, that's the that's honest, a terrible answer. answer. But that, okay, I'm not, but that's the real answer. <laughs> the real answer for me is that there is no true test. There's no, no I, I disagree. I think that they're absolutely no, you don't test. like like okay. No, I I'm I, I am going 100 percent opposite of what you just spewed, Austin. Because in an interview, there is a test. There is. So that's but that's not, false, that's okay. phony, and that's fake. And if you were to answer that, I would attack you if I was the media member, because okay. that then why are you even doing your there job? Is, no, 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 there no, is a test. That's what I'm saying. It's not a black or white check the box test. It's not a 40 time that tells you are you a specific, changing your test though? No, it's a it's not a test, it's a process. It's an ongoing process of having multiple conversations to try to figure out if you're comfortable with something that is hard to find out. That's my that's my point. No, it's not I, a it's a timeout, timeout. It's not a test like there's a test to find out if the guy has long enough arms to be a successful left tackle because you have to have a certain arm length so you can keep players away, right? It's not a test. It is a process that is ever-changing that is not a clear pass or fail. It's something that it's more complicated than testing for other attributes in the pre-draft process. All right, Austin, this is why I disagree with you. Let's take it to the streets. Let's take it to our own company. When we interview people that want to intern with us, work for us, be a part of our company, want to help in some way, want to get experience. When we do Zoom calls, we don't meet those people in person anymore, right? That's right. long in the past. There is a process that we go through in asking yeah. them questions to find out if they are the right fit for said company. Sure. It's the same thing when it comes to football. And it comes from your gut. You that's, know, what, that's what I said. That's what I said. And But how do you change that process? There, You have to continuously evaluate that to be able to get that gut feeling. That's the same so thing there is I a said. test. That's what I said. You can change that. There no, is a way. Exactly. You're, you said the same thing that I said, just in different order. My point is, there's no clear test. It's not a 40 time guy ran a sub four five. He can create separation in as a wide receiver. Like that's, that's not my, my point is there's no easy box that's checked based on a, uh, a measurable. It's an, it's an intangible. So how are you going to do better in the future? That's the that's, question. Uh, that's Paul's question. So I'll ask you Paul's no, question. No, I, I agree with what your answer was. I was adding on to it. Paul's, question was about a specific test. There is no specific test. And and thank you, Tides for Life. What Austin is saying is that it's more of an art, not a science. Correct. There is no test of that's scientific or mathematical that you just look at a a, a action, look at a, a cone drill and say that test, he passes that test because he has a certain time or whatever it might be. It's a, it's an intangible that you have to work through in a process more than it is a test. That that's that's my point to that. Can you improve on that test? Absolutely. Yes. Or on that process. Experience? Absolutely. No doubt. And if you can, then that's the answer. Right. And and we both agree that he should have answered it differently, but he didn't for all the reasons that he didn't. Yeah. All right, Zach, let's do this. Let's do trivia. We've got 10 trivia questions. Our sports trivia time on every Tuesday to wrap up the show. So stick around. We want you guys involved. There's only one rule. No Googling. No Googling. 
We have 10 questions that we're going to answer as a show all together. Uh, so get you guys uh, sports minds wound up and ready. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to get your next vehicle. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. That's the place to go. You see that Palisade at the bottom right corner of your screen. You see that Sonata at the bottom left. I drive that Sonata. I absolutely love it. My black Hyundai uh, Sonata sedan. Woo! 2012, I bought brand new, and it has been one of the most reliable, the most reliable vehicle in my life up until this point. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. They will hook you up on a deal. Paint Bone, good friend of the show, will absolutely save you money on your next car purchase, whether it's for you or one of your family members. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Don't forget, title sponsor of our morning show is BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Download the app today. Use our code ATOZ Sports when you sign up. That's ATOZ Sports when you sign up, and you can get a risk-free bet for up to $600 with your first deposit and your first bet. The king of sportsbooks, check him out. The NBA is going to get hot now that college basketball is over. Uh, the NHL is very fun to bet on with. You can get odds boost, innovative parlay actions, a one-game parlay with the NBA has great features. Uh, so they've got all types of specials running at all times. Bet MGM with our code ATOZ Sports. All right, let's do it. We've got 10 trivia questions, all sports. So last week we went eight and two. Through three weeks on our reset, we are 23 and seven for a solid 76.6% in the last three weeks. We need eight and two once again today to continue to build on that percentage. So can we go back to back eight and two weeks? All right. Got three really tough questions that I haven't seen. I'm going through this website and we've repeated a ton of these questions. So I got to kind of dig a little bit, but these three we have not had, and I think they're pretty difficult. Let's start with this. I think this is the year after. How many games did the Stanley Cup Finals play in night in 2018? How many games did the Stanley Cup Finals played in 2018? So, how many games? I don't know who played in the 2018 Stanley Cup. Yeah. The Preds were the 2017. 17. Right. So, it's the year after that. And the Penguins had just won back-to-back titles on the second leg of the when they beat the Preds. Or was that the first? No, that was the second. That was their back-to-back Was that the Capitals win? Yes, the Washington Capitals won. That was when Ovechkin went on his tour to drunk. That was Ovechkin's tour to drunk. So how many games did the Caps win and Alex Doherty? Yeah, Alex is in here. Right time for Alex to get the bat signal. Uh, our Preds writer at AtoZSportsNational.com. Uh, how many games did the Caps beat the Knights in that year? Six games, Alex says. I, I do not know. And then Ethan Ramsey says 2018 was the year the Blues won. The Blues were the following year. The Blues were 2019 when they went from last place to... Uh, in the... The Stars lost last year to the the Lightning. The Lightning won this past year in the bubble. That's right. right? Then the year before in 2019, I believe that was the Blues. Because 2018, guys, was the year the Preds won the um, 
the president's trophy. President's Cup trophy, and they lost to Winnipeg in the second round. And then the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas was in the finals for sure. It wasn't the Blues. Yeah, it is Vegas and Winnipeg. Vegas and Winnipeg, because that was so the we're, we've already established the Washington Capitals. Yes, but there was some conf- conflict there. Well, no, there's not. Yes, there, yes, there was in the chat, Zach. There no. absolutely was conflict. People brought well, up. But you're getting off basis. the The question is, how many games did the Capitals win in 2018? That's what I'm saying. It's a distraction. You're 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 kind of messing with us. Okay. So whatever. how many games is that? So Alex says five games. The Capitals won 2018. Book it final A to Z. Five, so not six. Five. So Wasn't I think the original Alex- answer six. The original answer was six, but he walked through because he. I, I trust Alex. No with, Googling. No Googling. Five final A to Z. The correct answer is five games. All right. Yeah, we, we, we can't get distracted. <laughs> there was no distraction there. There was, big there was distraction. no distraction, Zach. Big was walking through it. Next question. What former New England Patriot delivered his Hall of Fame enshrinement speech on August 2nd, 2008? I'll repeat it. What former New England Patriot delivered his Hall of Fame enshrinement speech on August 2nd, 2008? How many years do you have to wait to get into the NFL Hall of Fame? Five. So this player played in 2003-ish. Retired then. Um, This is at the end. This is Tom Brady, right? This is their second. beginning. This and is the well. Brent yeah. says Teddy Bruschi. I, I don't think Teddy Bruschi is that old. That's right around t- Teddy Bruschi would have. Has Teddy, has Teddy Bruschi, he didn't retire that young or that long ago, did he? Yeah, because he was replaced by Junior Seau. That's the truth. I think the correct answer is Teddy Bruschi. Was Bruschi? No, Bruschi was in the later Super Bowls because he had that stroke and he came back and played. That is true. Rodney Harrison. Rod, Dom says Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison. Is Rodney Harrison in the Hall of Fame? He should be. <laughs> you may not like him on Sunday Night in Football in America, but I. And Teddy's not in the Hall of Fame, Donald says. Okay, so it's either it's either Rodney Harrison or it's somebody that that's not with the Tom Brady Super Bowls. The Patriots sucked in the nineties. Yeah, they were no good. All right, so repeat the question. We've got people asking. What former New England Patriot delivered his Hall of Fame enshrinement speech on August 2nd, 2008? So we're assuming that he got in under his first year. This could have been, this was just when he got in. So it could have been one from the older 80s. That's what I'm saying. 85, in which they lost to the 85 Bears, which I have no idea. I... I, I don't know. My my guess would be Rodney Harrison, but something tells me that's it's, not right. He's not that old. He didn't retire in 03. Yeah. Ronnie Ronnie says Andre Tippett. <laughs> Willie McGinnis. Willie McGinnis. 
I think that's right. I think he's in the go, Hall of Fame. I think we have to go Willard McGinnis. You want to lock it in? Bill, now we've got two Andre Tippets, Ronnie and Billy. We got to make a decision. You're the decision maker. I'm going to go Willie McGinnis, final A to Z. Ronnie says it's Tippett. Trust me on this. Well, you should have trusted him because the correct answer is Andre Tippett. No Googling, guys. I'm not saying you did, but I'm also not saying you didn't. All right, so we're one and one. Not a great start. Um, I don't know if we've had... Oh, this is, the, this is another tough one. Great. Ooh, really tough. Who was the main sponsor of the 2017 USA Gymnastics National Championships? <laughs> I'll repeat the question. Who was the main sponsor of the 2017 USA Gymnastics National Championships? Coke? I would say like Nike. Mm-mm. They don't sponsor things that the main sponsor. Coca-Cola is something like they Visa. Visa is not a bad answer. Stacy said Visa. Visa sounds right. I mean, I don't know. There's uh, Visa is the one that I feel best about so far. <clears throat> I mean, there's so many random, random comment like McDonald's. Chase? <laughs> Coke is a big discover. Coca-Cola was my first thought just because that just sounds right. Gatorade. I mean, I'm I'm between Coca-Cola and Visa. Visa, I felt like was more sponsored. They sponsored things. If this was 2007, but this is 2017. I'd say Coca-Cola. All right, let's just go with Coca-Cola for the hell of it. Where was it at? What? Read the read the question again. Who was the main sponsor of the 2017 USA Gymnastics National Championships? Okay, so it doesn't have a location. Stacy says Visa in all caps. Well, Visa is usually spelled in all caps. But uh, so are we Coke or Visa? I Let's like go, both of these. I, I think we should go Visa final A to Z. <laughs> is it Coke? We weren't even close. Proctor and Gamble. Oh, good Lord. Where are gymnasts out there? Yeah. This is a horrific start. Yeah, this is bad. One and two. Okay. Brandon Knight played which position during his rookie NBA season? Point guard? Brandon Knight, not Brandon Wright. We know Brandon Wright. Brandon Knight, not Brevin Knight. Brandon Knight. Who the hell is Brandon Knight? Brandon Knight... Brandon played, Knight played which Kentucky, position right? during his rookie NBA season? Point guard. I mean, do does the NBA have positions? Who's Brandon Knight? Didn't Brandon Knight play for Kentucky? They've had so many. But yeah, that sounds right. Guard? <laughs> I mean, like guard. It's a point guard or shooting guard. I mean, there, like, like, there are five the positions hell? in the there are five positions in basketball. Kinda. Like, if we guard's not gonna get it right. Uh, Jarrell says shooting guard. I think Rodney Stuckey played point guard. I, I say we go with Jarrell because Jarrell actually has other information behind it. So let's go. Let's go with shooting guard. 
Shooting guard, final A to Z. Sorry. Point guard. God dang it. The correct answer is point guard. We're one and three. This is really bad. Really bad. Okay. Wow. Let's keep it rolling. Wow. We need to get out of this. We've missed three in a row. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is tough. All right. Um, I, I'm going to ask this question and I cannot remember if we've had it. All right. How many games did it take for the Golden State Warriors to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in the 2018 NBA Finals? I do not think we've had this. I don't think so either. So 2018 was Kevin Durant coming down and hitting a shot in LeBron's face. I believe they won in five games. They, oh no, they got swept. No. It's four or five games. I'm down to that. Well, we've got five from Jeffrey. Donald and John Michael say four. It's four or five. I, my gut tells me they got swept because that was the game that – that's J.R. Smith game. That J.R. Smith, they would have won game one. They lost game one. They definitely lost game two. It's four, and I'll tell you why. Because at that point, it was 2-2-1-1-1. They had changed it back. And KD hit that game or that devastating three in LeBron's face in Cleveland. That would have been game four. It couldn't have been game five. People and it are definitely was game six. People are saying it's game five or five games. It's five. The chat is saying five. LeBron, that he was not swept. But everybody in the chat says five. And then now Dom says 2018 was a sweep. Ah, oh, this is so bad. We're well, this now. Is this, God, this is. And now we're, we're in our own shook. heads. We're getting shook, right? It's yep. instead of. Uh, I was playing basketball yesterday. You stop shooting the ball. You start pushing the ball. It never goes in. You can't push the the, the basketball. It's four or five. I think it's. What happened in 2019? The Raptors beat the Warriors. Okay. And that was, it was 2018. That was the Achilles. 20, yeah, this is 2018. It's 2018 was LeBron's last year in Cleveland. So 2018 was. 2019, yeah. he was in LA. Right. 2020, he won the championship. Right. Oh, my God. It's Man. the 2 2 1 1 1. So, so they were. 2-2, the fifth game would have been in Golden State. Did they? It was four. Let's go with four. Four, four final A to Z. Swept. Yes, I knew it. It's four. I knew it. I knew it. All right. It, so, we are correct. I will take credit for that. Pat okay, on the back. We're two and three. We're trying to climb out of this thing. What? It, it's not easy, but two and three real quick before we get five more questions. Let me tell you about Mandu where the workouts are faster than this trivia session. That's for sure. Mandu.com. <laughs> Your first workout is absolutely free. Mandu is a 15 minute workout uh, that simulates over five hours in the weight room because of full body electronic muscle stimulation. Guys, it is uh, legit. It doesn't matter how in shape you are, how out of shape you are. If you want to gain muscle, if you want to lose fat, 
whatever fitness level you're in, if you're young, if you're old, if you have injuries, if you're healthy, it does not matter because Mandu is for you. Your first workout's free at mandu.com. All right, let's get back to trivia and finish this off. Uh, Two and three. Well, this is a hockey question. All right. I don't know if we've had this, but check me if uh, uh, I'm wrong. Is, uh, where was it? There it is. The 2014 head coach of which hockey team is Mike Babcock? Oh, we need our hockey guy. 2004, where was Mike Babcock in 2014? <laughs> where, where was he? Where's Waldo? In 2014, the head coach of which hockey team is Mike Babcock? I know that name. Like, I, I, is Mike Babcock the, like, the bald, heavier set guy who used to coach the Capitals? Toronto. Trots? Is the, I don't think so. Toronto is getting, uh, I don't know this, so I'm not. Alex Alex Doherty says Maple Leafs. We're getting a lot of Torontos. I think we need to go. I think it's I think it's the Leafs. Let's go Toronto. Finally, to Z to get to three and three. That is incorrect. No. Detroit. The Detroit Red Wings. Detroit. Damn it! All right. We're two and four. This is the. This might be our worst trivia session. Ever. I mean, might it is. There's no. Well, we've we've gone six and four before, so we're oh. at two and four right now. Another coaching question: <laughs> What team did Mike Dunleavy coach at the start of the 1998 NBA season? I don't know. <laughs> These are even, tough. I'm These not even going today. to pretend to, huh? to know. I'm not so, even going to pretend. So, yeah. Mike Dunleavy. Not Mike Dunleavy Jr., who played for Duke. Uh, I want to say it was the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know that for sure. Well, Jeff Rubel says the Cavs, LOL. Uh, that, that was my first thought. I mean, whatever. Does it even matter? <laughs> well, so he did coach the Clippers, but that was later on. We've got Lakers or Bucks. We need some help from the chat. So I'll repeat the question. What team did Mike Dunleavy coach at the start of the 1998 NBA season? I mean, we've named the chat's named half of the association at this point. <laughs> uh, it's just insane. Uh, this is a tough one, man. I, I, again, I don't make these questions up. Michael Mobley says he coached the Red Wings. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, we've gotten the Clippers, we've gotten the Bucks, we've got Portland, we got the Bulls. It's not correct because Phil Jackson was there. We've got uh we yeah, we know it's not the Thunder. Um a lot of Portland answers are coming in. Jeez. We get I mean the Sixers. Jarrell's confident about the Sixers. I think the most popular answer is coming the Portland Trailblazers is the most popular answer. Ooh, do you want to go there? Uh, sure. Do I have to lock it in? Well, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that is your job on final these. A to Z Portland Trailblazers. The correct answer is the Portland Trailblazers. Thank God. Thank, Thank God, God for the chat. 
All right, we're three and four, climbing out of the hole, attempting. All right, we go to the NFL. Mauricio, we need you. Who led the Cowboys with 1,471 yards from scrimmage in the 2013-2014 season? Is this Marion Barber? I'll repeat it. Who led the Cowboys with 1,471 yards from scrimmage in, oh, from scrimmage in 2013, 2014. My gut tells me this is Marion Barber, but it may not be. DeMarco Murray. Is that his year? Yeah, because DeMarco Murray, his first year with the Titans was 2016. Makes sense. The Eagles were 2015, and then his Cowboys years were 13, 14. DeMarco Murray. I love that answer. Final A to Z, DeMarco. The correct answer is DeMarco Murray. Yes. Four and four. All right, let's do it. We got two more. We're almost, we're climbing hard. Climbing hard. Um, All right, let's see here. Uh, There's too many softballs that we, I can't even ask. Um, Let's see, man. Like there, sorry. We're on the cusp of finding a new website, so we're running through websites pretty quickly. Um, I think we'll note we'll get this. Okay. Josh Hamilton knocked in 128 runs for which Major League Baseball team in 2012? First thought is the Texas Rangers. Yeah, he was drafted by Tampa Bay, and then he had his drug spurt. His comeback was for the Rangers. Did he sign elsewhere after that? But all everybody's saying the Rangers. The Rangers seems correct. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think we've had a... It's definitely the Rangers. Let's go Rangers final A to Z. The correct answer is the Texas Rangers. Five and four. This is a big last question. Yeah, he he flopped with the Angels. That's right. That's right. All right, last question. It comes from us again in the world of Major League Baseball. In what game of the 2001 World Series did Derek Jeter hit a game-winning home run? (laughs) I'll repeat it. In what game of the 2001 World Series did Derek Jeter hit a game-winning home run? So that was 2001. So Diamondbacks, they lost that series. That was Luis Gonzalez. Luis Gonzalez hit hit the little dribbler up the middle of the infield. That was in Arizona. Yes. Uh, So we're getting a lot of fours. I think that's that tells me that's correct because I think I, they lost. But I don't. They, know. I think they lost in five. I, I believe you're right. Now we're getting some game twos. <laughs> it was the game before the last one. Says the name's Jeff. Because wasn't it? Because didn't it? It opened the World Series. Opened in Arizona. They came back to New York for game three. That's when George W. Bush drilled that 
uh, that first pitch, right? Sounds right. And then in game four, I think the Yankees were down 0-3. They lost. They didn't get swept. I, it was the Diamondbacks seven? in five. I think game four is the right answer. God. They lost in seven. I just, oh, they lost in seven? That's what Kelkins and, and Jeff are saying. God, it was a long time ago. I just remember the hit that Luis Gonzalez hit. Um, so game four, because game seven was in Arizona. Arizona, right? If they won in game seven, then I don't remember this hit. Then this game that the it has to let's just go game four. It happened game four, final A to Z. The correct answer is game four. Oh, <laughs> oh man. All right. We we did a thing and found the most stressful way to get to six and four. I mean, six and four is not good, but it's better than five and five. Five I mean, and five. We can- were sitting there, Zach, we were sitting there at one and three. And two and four, and we've finished strong. Props to the chat. The chat got us the Blazers. The chat got us that one. Yeah, as Danny said, you know, we definitely climbed out of the gutter on that. Man. And, and so now we are 29 of 40 through four weeks for a 72.5% rate. We got, man, we got to do better. <clears throat> We're get, we got to get over 75% by the end of 100 questions. And I got to find another website. I got to go. Th- I'm trying to get through this website before we start another, like, yeah, right, 100. Yeah. yeah. So 72.5%. We're under it. Need a big bounce back next week. But uh, we climbed Proctor out of the hole. And gamble. That was Proctor Gamble. Give me a freaking break. All right, guys. Hope you have a great Tuesday. Uh, Buck Rising will be live here coming up momentarily on the zone. And also have A to Z Sports Primetime at ten at 8 o'clock tonight uh, talking whatever happens. He is having Dennis Kelly on the show today. I saw that. Ooh. So that's very intriguing of what might come out of that. Uh, but check the podcast network. Now we got a Preds Nash cast uh, that's out. The Preds point tonight. We've got a Big Orange podcast out yesterday talking about a lot of things there, Vols. Uh, and then, of course, Buck 615 sessions of the Tighten Up podcast later on this week. We'll see you guys on a Wednesday morning. Appreciate it. Adios.